All right, let's go. How do I say your name? Zohair. Zohair. Yeah. But do you mind if we call you Z? Z is fine. Z, Z is, is fine. Cool. Uh, Zo. Um, it's so funny that there are even my enemies call me Zo. Your enemies. <laughs> yes, my enemies call me Zo. So it's like. Um, so I don't know if you uh, if you are aware of this, but there were some um, uh, messages that were leaked. I'm not aware of this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this, this sounds is, uh, like this isn't interesting. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't even know. There's so much backstory that I can't really. We got all the time in the world. This is Saturday, <laughs> Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. Um, yeah, post Tristan era. We got <laughs> no party coming up. Oh my we god! No, yeah. yeah, after party or anything. Holy so. shit! Um, yeah, and he would usually organize on a Saturday, right? He would like something. You he know, would organize on every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, Saturday true. were Saturdays were epic, no yeah, doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, but yeah, every yeah. day of the week, there's no breaks. Yeah, that for, was him, and that's that was that was the that was the Tristan era. Um, but yeah, like basically, well, I mean, to try to like not to, not to like uh, put too much. Uh, Let it out, man. <laughs> There are no strangers in this room. It's just me and you. No one's gonna listen to this. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, the thing is, the 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 the, pro- the thing is that it was so public. Basically, this person was uh, it. I'm I'm totally like missing this. I'm, I'm not even aware. I had no idea. Okay, you might be the one person who's not aware of this, but um, so there was a person who was uh who used to be my friend. Okay. Uh, who uh basically in her attempt to discredit someone else who she had uh, fought with uh, fought with like they had an argument or something mm-hmm. uh she leaked messages from me um talk uh, talking about th- them i basically she was she we we, we there was a, a an argument uh another person uh another friend of mine was accused of making um of talking about her, you know, uh, with that person. Mm-hmm. And they're, oh my God, you need like a whole diagram to understand all the shit. But um, basically, yeah. So what in in the leaked messages, I'm like referred to as like, oh yeah, Zoe. Zoe is this, uh, Zoe said that. Or uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he was talking about this, uh, about you. And then Zoe was there and he was laughing. And I'm like, like how, like, you know, like Zoe for me is like a nickname. You know, it's like something that you, your friends use, your family use, but apparently even my enemies use Zoe as well. So it's <laughs> yeah, like, I funny. was just like, this is so weird. Like, how are you? Very endearing of your enemies. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but yeah, that was my, uh... so yeah, everyone, everyone really calls me Zoe. Um, Little enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Was... Friends, enemies, family. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I what guess. What happened, man? Like. You were you were hanging out with a bunch of groups, and you were like the least. <laughs> no frills around you, basically no gossip. No, I, if I had to guess, like if I had to pick people who will be like who will have bullshit around them and just like too much controversy, you'll be probably one of the last people. I I would be, but the problem is like when so like you know um, I was heavy into like the meetup scene. Basically, when I came, yeah, but you were enjoying yourself. It's not like you were steering shit up. Of course, but the the problem is like you will meet a a lot of people, and right. most of the people are going to be cool or or they're boring or whatever. Like it's they're, they're you're you're either like you like them or you're neutral or you you don't have any like strong feelings. Mm. But then there are, there are going to be people who 
are just drama and then they will like once they enter your your social circle or they're um connected to you in some way mm-hmm. then that becomes a problem because then you get sucked in and i re- uh it was crazy how i got sucked into some of this stuff because it was like so two other people have an argument and then i um i'm getting sucked into that uh because I overheard one of them saying something to the other person and I heard it with my own ears. So I know that that person says that. So I know that that person is doing this. Like, and it had to do with basically getting that person barred from a website that they were both a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a whole fucking drama, man. Because then that person is like, oh no, I didn't say that. Like, he, Zoe is lying. Uh, but I'm like, no, I'm not. But then... Basically, you just get sucked in through it because you're just telling the truth and you're just like not trying to like create a problem. But at the same time, you're like, well, I have to adjust because uh, if this person and uh, if we have mutual friends, right. then it becomes a problem. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. I know. It sucks. Yeah, that's just like tornado. It I know. Exactly. You, you just get sucked into it. You just get sucked yeah, into it. Yeah, there's no way around you can't, it. You can't do anything. Yeah. Get away from it as soon as you can. Just keep your distance. Yeah, I, I I learned that the hard way, man. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I like the, that's the thing, man. Like you, you will meet all kinds of people in Toronto, and like any big city. And then some people are, mo- you know, like I said, like most people are cool, but there are always a few bad apples. And then you just have to make sure, like, you avoid them uh, as much as possible. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I, at least I'm happy now. Like I have to say, like I've been in Toronto for about two years, mm-hmm. and now I have like actual like good friends, and I have like several friend groups, and I feel like now nowadays I'm not really that into the meetup scene. So yeah. I'm like, um, uh, but it's a challenge. When I don't know about you, like how how do you feel about like uh, how long have you been here for? You've been here for a while. I'm here summer from summer of since summer of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Those rotten apples, they're kind of contagious. Yeah, it's yeah, an, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an infection. It, it's it, like it, corona. <laughs> it's super contagious, and you can't get away from it. you got to put your mask and on. And there's no cure. There's no Cover cure. It, yeah, no put vaccine. your head down, and just walk away yeah. as soon as you sense anything around, just like yeah. a little squirrel that's afraid for his life. For sure. No, seriously, because it's like it's your mental health. It's taxing, and your like, solo life alone here in Toronto totally different culture and you said you're you're only two years yeah 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 exactly yeah, right and so. yeah and i remember like when like i was going through this stuff my friend told me you know the thing that you have to remember is that like there are you're you're like interacting with people from all over the world people from like very different countries very different cultures like so you don't know like what you know what their values are i learned the hard way for example like you cannot people will leak messages like private messages like anything like like it's like it's a set like it's that's like, crazy like a, the screenshots <laughs> everything like you like i i was i mean i was kind of naive and stuff but i realized that like yeah like I, people will leak your messages people are leaking other people's messages to you and like and then all, and then some people will actually leak messages like on their Instagram uh, account or on their Facebook account for everyone to see, which is what happened at the end, like where, about the massive scale. Holy shit! And it was purely just because this this uh, that person had like 
they they were feeling upset about the with this other person. Apparently, they went to the same event and like the other ones like, ignored her or something. So like she got so upset, like she had to leak all this shit. And I'm like, oh my god, it was so much uh, drama. But thankfully, like most people know that I'm not the kind of person to like you know cause drama. That it's just like other people. But it's it's uh, it sucks, man. Because you're like, don't worry about it, man. This culture of leaking bullshit did not get <laughs> no, Justin Trudeau. So you gotta, you're, 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 you're I the... mean, from then on, I'm like, I've been, I've, I've learned to be careful and stuff. And and it's not like any of my messages are bad or anything. It's it's just. No, I know. It's People... just sometimes you talk about things about like that are kind of private, uh, or like someone like you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this person is leaking it to other people. No, oh, sure. Yeah, you can always make something out of anything. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and um, yeah. It just yeah. takes time and dedication and having nothing else to do in your life. <laughs> yeah, but dude, some people just thrive on drama. Like if, like I know like this person in, in particular, like if things are all going well, like it's it's a problem. Like she will find something to be upset about because that's the way she's wired, I think, unfortunately. It's just a really negative thing, unfortunately, that... Like if everything's quiet, everything's going well. Up, oh, it's got to find something to be upset with. Something like drama has to be created somewhere. Um, and uh, I guess that's how people, some people operate. But like that's why when you are in a friend group and everything is going great and there's no drama, you gotta like you gotta be very thankful because uh, there are people out there in this city that are like f- there's just drama all around them and they're like, how do I get away from it? But I can't get away from it, and it's like uh, it's a problem. It's I know. And I have a lot of sympathy because I've been through that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's okay, dude. Where were you before Toronto? So... If it's not too personal. No, not at all. Uh, so, I was I was back in Mauritius. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, How I... How's that called? Like, I've, I've never been and I've never... I, I don't think if I've heard... I'm Basically, I'm very uneducated about a whole lot of cultures, but I, yeah. I just wanted to know how how is that culture different? How is it like... If you wanted to describe, are they more... Like a family-centered culture, like a familial community, or like Toronto, just individual-based. Okay. Everybody just to their own business. Okay, that's a very interesting question. So, uh, Mauritius, I would say, is very family-oriented. Uh, so it's like you um, you are most of the time interacting with your family or your extended family, like your relatives, your cousins, and all that, uncles. So it's very family-oriented, and I would actually say that it's. It's rare to interact with people outside of your immediate like family and your you know relatives, so it's it's kind of like the other way. Like you can say like Toronto is very individualistic, and I would say like Mauritius is a place where it's very family oriented, all the way to the kind of like the opposite side of the spectrum. Mm. Um, but like yeah, Mauritius is pretty conservative in general. So like you know people are generally quite religious uh it's changing now slowly what is the religion so um i would say like it's it's like it's quite mixed so like we have like i'd say like 50 percent are like hindu mm-hmm. and then like about 30 percent are like um christian mm-hmm. and then muslims pick make up like about 15 percent, and then you know oh, yeah. smaller um tranches of other uh religious uh, denominations but um yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's so, it's like, yeah, like religion is a big part of it, but also like people are kind of conservative. People kind of like stick to their own groups, mm-hmm. or religious, ethnic groups. So it's a bit, 
segmented that way. Uh, it's not like, you know, the big melting pot that is like Toronto or like, you know, another big city in the West. Um, but uh, it's a nice place, man. I mean, um, I always, I always, whenever I'm talking to Iranian people about Mauritius, I always say, well, that's where the Shah of Iran was like, uh, he was uh, exiled. And then they're like, it's oh, a, it's a great place. Then. <laughs> it must be a great place. It's no, because it's like, it's like, oh, they're like, oh, that, they, they, that, that triggers like something, you know, because it's such a claim to fame. Uh, so it wasn't like the Shah, it was, I think, the Shah's father. Who oh, was, yeah. Yeah, he was exiled to Mauritius. And in fact, his place where he used to live, his residence, was very close to where I used to live. So I would, I would literally on Your my neighbors way, or something. No, no, not neighbors. <laughs> but reciprocations, like, <laughs> like no, but um, no, but I would drive by uh the place every time I went to work, and I would, I would look at it. And it's a big, it's a big estate, you know. Oh yeah, he's used to big space. Yeah, to but big but the, cannot... the thing is now that it's like abandoned. It's like no one lives there. It's not uh, even a museum. No one even no, cares to. No, 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 no. And actually, uh, I think the, the 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 government in Mauritius were trying to reclaim it. But um, unfortunately, uh, what happened was that uh, actually, well, the Iranian government said that they wanted to keep it, even though it was abandoned. So I was like, yeah, I mean, it's prime real estate. They can keep it inside. They can keep a state inside your country because (sighs) that's weird. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of the the same principle. I don't know if like who owns it per se, if it's the government or if it's like the family of uh, of the shop but yeah. well i mean it's the same principle as an embassy right like an embassy in a country is like basically your land in that country mm-hmm. and like there are certain protections that are given to you so i'm assuming that for the estate it's like similar mm-hmm. a similar principle yeah yeah so i mean yeah i mean that's mainly where i was before um and then I, yeah, I came, so you came in summer 2020, I came in like end of March 2020. Oh, okay. So right when the pandemic was uh, hitting off. Mm-hmm. So in fact, I was... Um, you brought the virus over. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, I mean, I I mean that would I, that would at least make me famous or infamous in some way. But no, I was just some... Uh, You're already infamous in the other ways. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, there will be a lot more messages <laughs> sent about me than just the ones that have been already. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that's 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 my experience so far. And then I've been here. I, so I was supposed to be here for a month. Just one month? Yeah, because I was just basically landing. Like as a permanent resident, when you get your documents, they're valid for a certain period. And mine was only valid for, I think, two months. What kind of permanent residency is there? No, so no, basically, basically what it is is you, you have to land in the country before those documents expire. Oh. And so you, and otherwise, uh, like literally, like you lose your PR. Now I know that the government made exceptions mm-hmm. for because of the pandemic and not everyone could land obviously because of the restrictions. But I just wanted to get it done. So that's when I I came to Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was supposed to just come get the paperwork done and then go back. But then I got stranded because they closed the border in Mauritius. And they closed the border. So that means not not even as a citizen I couldn't go back. So that was interesting that's a strict okay yeah yeah so well, glad to have you over here man we would have been bored you. <laughs> you're a fun dude and it's a this is the only this is the only city i think this compliment is uh being said 
time and time again. It's a weird compliment, but your English is perfect. And I'm wondering if your first language is actually English back home, or uh, you have like you're one of those countries where they they have English on the side, but their own their own language and a couple of other languages in school. Okay, what's going on? So this is okay. So here is where it gets a uh, uh, it gets a little complicated. But I'll uh, so I am from Mauritius, but I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I was actually born there as well. So my parents are Mauritian and I'm Mauritian, but uh, I was basically an expat kid. Uh, and I grew up in in Saudi Arabia. So I went to school primarily there. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to mainly like English uh, medium school. So all of like my schooling was done in English. So um, that's pretty much why, and you'll notice actually um, a lot of uh, the other people who have grew up in in the Gulf Arab states, mm-hmm. they kind of sound like me. Like we don't really have like a strong accent or anything, um, and our English is pretty good in general. So uh, because that's it, it ends up becoming your first language. Like yeah, it's yeah, basically yeah. you sound like a like you're a native speaker because you you've been speaking English basically your whole life. Yeah. yeah. So. But I'm wondering, yeah, it is complicated because now I'm thinking about the passport situation. Like, how many citizenships do you hold now? Like, <laughs> no, okay. So, all right. So, the thing is that... Would you be a perfect person for being a double agent or a triple <laughs> agent anywhere in the world? Like, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, whenever you're in trouble, just change passports, you know. Um, no. Um, so, this, the thing is that in uh, Saudi Arabia, like a lot of Gulf states, you don't get you uh, even if you're born there you don't get uh, you don't get like birthright citizenship so you have to have at least one parent who is a citizen and mm. then you inherit your citizenship okay so um so even though i was born in saudi arabia because neither of my parents were saudi i did i didn't uh, gain saudi citizenship so I was I was uh, just Mauritian. Basically. Oh, okay. You yeah, gotta yeah. be connected by blood. You can't just yeah, walk in yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm... like uh, I think they call it like jus sanguini or something like something to do like by blood. Um, but uh, yeah, so I never, even though I I grew up there, I was like I spent most of my life there, like I think seventeen years, and uh, but I never really had the opportunity to gain citizenship. And actually, it's it's like a very sore subject for a lot of people there because a lot of people like they spent so much time. Like my parents lived there for literally thirty years, uh, and they never had like uh, uh, never really had a pathway of like gaining citizenship or even permanent residence. Wow! So that was tough for them. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I mean, no, they went back to Mauritius and they're very happy there. But I think. One of the problems with Mauritius is that it's very far. So it's literally uh, like, you know, if people don't know where it is, it's like basically it's off the coast of Madagascar okay. in the middle of the Indian Ocean. So one of the problems is that like uh, because it's it's kind of far, it's not very easy to travel to and fro. It's a minimum to $2,000 ticket, you know, Anywhere. from here. Yeah. So oh, wow. because it's so far away. So that was sometimes mainly, it's good, though. Keeping I'm, a safe distance. I mean, in Corona, we learned that. Yeah, hard, I mean, right? yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, that's the thing is that I've noticed that this is this is something that's very uh, prevalent with islands. 
that like whenever there is like a pandemic or there's something, they're like close the borders. We're an island, we're fine. You know, oh, yeah. we just don't let anyone in and don't let anyone out. And we're you gonna know be that okay. wall that Trump was pressing so hard <laughs> to build, we already yeah, got it naturally. Yeah. So no, pretty much. And not even and an if issue. you look at the Australians, they're like if you I mean like if you kind of like expand it, they're basically a giant island. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, right? So basically they had the same policies like they're very oh. nervous island. Though. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. Understand but that. I, that's the thing. Like, I think when you're on an island, you have this kind of, this like this kind of feeling of like, if in a crisis and it's contagious, okay, just close the border. Everyone who's outside is out. Everyone who's inside is okay. So that's what a lot of Australians found out is that they couldn't even go back to their own country because they got stranded, you know, because of the restrictions. Um, yeah, and they were happy they couldn't go back. I mean, I <laughs> uh, it, it was tough, man. It was tough. Like, See those I mean, videos? Holy moly! <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. So, um, yeah, I yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much my story. I mean, um, apart from that, like you know, uh, after uh, high school, I went to Montreal and I I did my undergrad there, and then after my undergrad, I went back to Mauritius. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But how about you, man? Like, what's your story? Like, uh... okay, you can't turn this out around on me. Yeah, I have no. More questions for you? No, just kidding. <laughs> no, my story is pretty simple. I I did my I did all my um, schooling stages or levels, whatever you call it, until my the end of my undergrad at home back in Iran in Tehran. Okay, cool. And then I I thought hey, um it's a good opportunity if I wanted if I could get some funding from some university abroad just move away a little bit from my parents sure and then see what's that what that's like yeah so yeah i applied to canada states were was also an option but trump had just risen to power and it was a bit tricky and i don't have any like another one to judge like i have i don't have zero understanding of politics or anything like that okay but it was just hard to, because for as Iranians and Iranian students, um, if you want to become a student in the States, basically the only way is to go all the way to end of your PhD. Like you can't oh, okay. do a master and just be done with it. Oh, okay, okay. Unless you have like, you know, limitless funding resources yeah, yeah, from yeah, your yeah. parents or something. Like you have, I don't know, oil well yeah. or something yeah, yeah, yeah. inheriting from your parents. This is impossible to um, not to do a PhD, and so that's like five, six years, depending how la- how lazy or how smart you are. For yeah. me, it would have been six <laughs> years, probably even more, sure. of just straight up school and school not be like trying to study for exams and passing this exam until my thirty something years old. Yeah, and then it's a one way ticket for Iranians. Like okay. you don't, you rarely get a multiple visa. It's a one-way ticket. You stay there for your whole like oh, six, seven years God. straight. So you can't no even come back. To, you can't even go back home to like visit. If you go back, there's a chance that you can get your visa. Like you should apply for a new visa again. And oh, but that's okay. that's very risky. I mean, yeah. uh, it's not an easy process, especially if you're Iranian. You know. Sure, sure. Um, you don't have All the best right. relationship. So I thought maybe like it, it's worth it to go to Canada. Not that Canada is just. Like inherently inferior, but no, like, no, it's no, colder. No. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of the weather. Okay, but I thought I mean it it might be worth it to go there. I mean, it's almost the same experience. Almost, no one get offended. Almost the same experience. 
but I'll have a chance to go back and visit whenever I wanted to. But that didn't turn out to be true either. So I don't know. <laughs> it's just life's playing games, man. I have no idea. Yeah, I guess because with the pandemic, like a lot of people, you basically couldn't travel. And uh, now I see a lot of people traveling. So my parents recently came over to visit. And then I know a lot of people who uh, whose families are visiting them as well now. So uh, I think it's just like this whole thing of like no one has seen each other for like years and then now everyone is trying to now that the restrictions are are pretty much over uh there's a lot of travel um but that's but that's cool like that's a that's a cool thing that you you know you gave uh canada a chance and uh, but how how you how you found it um since then like what's your i appreciate canada gave me a chance too but (laughs) um i don't know it's just it's just blank like French blank, like white. It's just no. It's just what does that even mean? No, it's just bland. I don't know. I feel like there's no. I mean, it's no surprise. This country is how how old is this country? It's not that old. Right? It's not old. It's not old. And no. it's cold, and people rarely get together for like, except for the short summer. I don't know. There's because I come from Iran, and like we're next to Turkey, and then there's Pakistan, and there's like, yeah, uh, north of Iran, like Kazakhstan, all these places where they like it's so culturally rich yeah they have like yeah, yeah. history that goes thousands of years year, yeah, thousands yeah, of years yeah. back sure sure and but here it was just like life is so compar- compartmentalized yeah if it's that if that's even a word no it is yeah don't worry about it <laughs> yeah you're good I'm just trying to say that's uh, like your different aspects of life is so isolated from each other so you make money and there's no friendship or there's no joy. I mean, there is if you're lucky and, and that making money. So that's separate from you having fun. When you want to have fun, you dedicate a separate time on a weekend. So you book that time off for the weekend or something like holiday. And then if you want to spend time with your friends, that's another separate category. Like you can't have all this like it's not life, right? It's not a melting pot that you can call life. It's just yeah, that's what I feel. And I don't know if I'm I'm complaining too much. I'm hating on it. No, 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 no. I I understand it. Like, um, I think I think it, it like I I know what you mean because I think in Canada, life is is like you said very compartmentalized. So basically, you have different things, and they don't really they don't really come together in the way in a natural way that in in the way that it might uh, in other countries. So what I, what I mean by that is like, for example, in the UK, they have like this very strong pub culture, right? Mm. So it's 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 very normal so that after a, a day's work, you will go out with your colleagues and have a drink at the pub and just socialize and just like decompress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually, that's, that's a big part of that culture. Uh, whereas in Canada, you don't really have that culture of like of combining the two things of like work and then social life and socializing with your with your um, work colleagues. So I think that's a little bit like uh, different from, let's say, other countries. Um yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand this, criti- This, I mean, not criticism, but this kind of observation that, like, Canada is still a very young country. Um, I think I, I remember uh, one of the trivia questions, um, uh, I went to, like, a trivia, and, like, one of the trivia questions was, like, how, like, when did Canada have 
uh, have like its uh, flag, right? When did yeah. they when did they ha- uh, implement the flag the, of Canada that we know today? And I think it was like 1965 or something like that. And I was just like, wow, you like in the 60s you got a flag? Like that's so late to get a flag. You know what I mean? Like it's a little late for high five on that guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What so, kind of flag were you? Were they using the UK flag? Yeah, before? I think they were using like the ensign. They call it like basically it's like uh you have like it's a bit like australia's flag is now like you have the 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 union jack in the corner oh yeah and then they have something that's like uh local to that country so basically that's kind of like how it was for canada hmm. uh before they had like the maple leaf and um but then there i think that uh, once they started to gain more independence from the uk they were like, oh, we need a flag for our, like our, our own flag. And then that's when the flag of Canada was uh, created. But um, no, it's true. And I, I, I always kind of like, I hear a lot of people, especially that move from Europe, um, like from London and Paris are like, oh, you know, like, well, Toronto doesn't have, you know, the culture that these cities have. And I always say, well, you know, like, I think Toronto is like something like 250 years old. You know, or something like that. And, mm-hmm. like, these cities, like, London and Paris are, like, 2,000 years old. You know, like, yeah. it's, like, you can't compare the two because they're not really comparable. They're, they're they're like, the the timelines are very different. So, it's, like, you have to kind of compare like with like. And, um, but, I mean, I, I think what's really interesting about Toronto is mainly, like, you have so many people moving here. And so, like, uh, I think the big asset in toronto is the people you know because you have so many people like uh moving from all over the world uh i think there's a lot of like that's something that really enriches your life is like the people that you can meet in toronto right oh yeah for sure yeah for sure yeah i learned so much from about different cultures especially because they bring their culture because it's a blank space here so you have to bring something with you to enjoy life you can't just Sure. Especially if you're an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. And it's that kind of cultural exchange. And, and like, so one of the reasons why I left Mauritius was because I kind of felt like it's a bit of a backwater. It's like a small island and there's not much going on. And I'm basically interacting with just like people within my family and my relatives. So like one of the things that I really enjoy living in Toronto is like you get to meet people uh, from all over the world, you know, all the, you know, people from very different backgrounds, different countries. And I, I really enjoy that. I mean, for me, that's something that's really, really interesting because, um, you know, like it's so, it's so, it's so interesting to discover, uh, things about them and their culture. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's about making the most of it, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. True. But, um, yeah, that's very true. Making the most of it all you can. Uh, yeah, most of the close friends that I feel like you 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 would be able to make are from countries other than Canada. Like, not not. Well, okay. So this know. is a very very interesting point. Like I have very good friends that are actually Canadians. Like they're okay. super, care, like caring and like um, very um, kind and generous and graceful and all that. But it's just there's more foreigners here. There's more immigrants. And because of their culture, they're more used to just 
rubbing shoulders with people, just like making friends, being sure. like comfortable around people. Like the other day, like on Wednesday, we had this event, uh, Facebook event in my area, Midtown. It was like playing soccer together. We come out for, to play soccer, and we went and played. And soon as the game ended, like it was basically we ended when it was dark enough that we couldn't see the ball. Everybody just disappeared, like in the darkness. Nobody <laughs> even barely said goodbye to each other. Like how? Wow. Okay, what, feel like a melting autism away. is this? Like how shy you have to be, yeah. just out of human Ooh. decency. At least you can just like say bye. You know? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know. So yeah, that was a little like that was weird. That was strange. Like. All of a sudden, you're playing with 20 people. And all of a sudden, you just, boom. It's like an explosion <laughs> happened. And no one's in that field anymore. You're alone oh, dear. on your own. So, I don't know. They're like too careful. And I don't know if it's because of some negative experience they've had or or they just like, they're not comfortable to um, stick around and just like, So, you know. yeah. Like, so I've discussed this this with several people before. And I think the there is like a difference between the people who move to Toronto, who are obviously like, uh, you know, they, they come here, they might not know a lot of people, they might know a handful of people. And so they are very interested in like gaining social capital, basically, like getting to know more people, expanding their social network um, and, you know, you know, finding a friend group. And uh, I, I mean, I, I would expect like your experience is very similar that like, so most of the friends that you make and the people that you know are other people who have moved to Toronto, like as immigrants, right? Um, I think that most people who have grown up in Toronto, they kind of already have their group of friends. They've already accumulated a lot of social capital because they've been here. So they did like kindergarten here. They did like primary school, secondary, so you know, university. They've they've done I don't know what kind of uh, extracurricular activities. So they have friends and contacts from every all of these levels in life, mm-hmm. and that so that by the time let's say you meet a random uh, Torontonian who's like grown up here. They already know so many people that I don't know if really in their mind they're that interested in meeting new people. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the 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 difference in the mindset is people who are like um who 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 have grown up here are are like just like they they there's so many people that they already know. They're like well, you know, I mean, I, I might, uh, I might, um, uh, I want, I might meet the person, and I might get along with them. But can I integrate them into my social circle that I already have? Yeah, and I think that's the challenge. the The people that uh, that I've noticed, because I met, I met actually yesterday, um, uh, someone who's like from not just Canadian but from Toronto, and she's like getting more active in like the meetup scene she was very active she was telling me about all these events that she's been to and i noticed that like uh the one thing that she mentioned is like so i think people who are like from here and who are interested in interacting with new people are usually people who have like uh a situation where their existing friends have moved on to a different stage in life so Hmm. for example um like they uh, got married and they have kids and then that, those people, uh, the other people are still single and now they're like, okay, well, 
you know, it's kind of awkward to, to like hang out with couples and stuff. So they're like interested in meeting other, you know, new people, single people, you know. Um, but I think in general, it's a bit uh, of a it's a bit in that way. It's a bit it's a it's a hard nut to crack in Toronto. Uh, which sucks because there are a lot of pretty like girls here and they're from here and you're like how do I how do I like how do I get into this like uh, social circle how can I like how can I like you know pierce the pierce this um, the, this invisible wall that seems to be at times uh, present right said it yourself hard nut to crack it is a hard nut to crack it is a hard nut to crack and so it's like but I guess it is that's where like being brave and just going for it just comes into play and uh but it's tough man it's tough and i i have i definitely relate to that because i've been here for two years I, I was really big into the meetup scene and i can tell you first of all in the meetup scene there's very few people who are f- from toronto and secondly yeah even the people that you do meet who are like locals uh you might see them at the, at the odd uh, event but they don't really like you know, you can have a, like a nice conversation with them, but at the end of the day, it's like you said, like they just melt away into the darkness, you know? So it's like, uh, it's a bit, um, it's a bit of a, a challenge. Yeah. yeah, they vanish. But no, that's true. That's a big element of it. That's a big contributing factor. The fact that they, they've grown up here, they have already met however many people they wanted to meet. And yeah. It's kind of their social network is kind of saturated. They don't have that desire. Yeah. yeah. But, Okay. Counterpoint. No, I'm just, it's anecdotal, but I've been on a couple of dates and I met girls and I'm like, okay, let's now meet your friend. Let's see who you hang out with and stuff. And there's no one. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, There's no one, neither from the male side or female side or anywhere on that LGBT spectrum. (laughs) Okay. It's not just about, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so that's one observation. The other one is, um, so there's another group, the couch surfing group, the people hang out. Sure. And I've seen a lot of Canadian who join that the hangouts and join those meetups, and they're just balling out of control. They're so happy they finally, finally after 25 years of strife, found this social network that they can hang out with, and they post stories on Instagram. They friends, they're like online friends, like from anywhere in the world. They're like send them oh this is so strange. Where did you find all these people? Like that's so cool. You guys hang out together. It's like. It it is um yeah it's a new phenomenon for them to like be hanging out every other day or something just having fun I don't know no but that's like and, and and the other like the other thing I would say like have you noticed like when people especially people who are born and raised here travel to the east Middle East like your country my country anywhere in the east they have this um. When they come back, they have these stories of how people are just, it's a brooding melting pot of just culture and people hanging out together and how much people spend time with each other and how much they're surprised that people spend so much time with each other, right? That's kind of, that, that's got to, that tells you something, right? No, it does tell you a lot. And I, I like, so I think the other aspect that you mentioned, which is very true, is that there is an actual cultural difference. Like, um... I think there is a difference, like, uh, between the West and the East, right? Uh, in the sense that maybe, and again, I don't want to generalize, and I'm making a very big generalization here, but 
basically, like, I think people kind of go to the East and they feel like uh, the people from the East are, like, much warmer. So, um, um, it's like, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to, like, distill this into, like, a very, like, small example which may not be very accurate, but it's kind of it'll give you uh, an idea of what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I remember I went to my um, my um, I went to uh, meet my Indian friend, and it was the first time uh, me and another friend were going to meet at his place. So we went, and um, it was the first time he we had been there. And I swear to God, the guy could not he could not sit still. He was like, "Hey man, dear, are you hungry right now?" He went and he made us some, some something like a bagel with like smoked salmon. I'm like. Great man, thanks. That's great. I'm I'm fine now. He's like, oh man, you want coffee? Or like, you know, I was like, I'm good, man. No, uh, like he wants this guy wants coffee. All right, I'm gonna go get him coffee and stuff. It's just like very. There's a lot of like hospitality. People are very hospitable. Whereas maybe if you go to <laughs> maybe go to someone who's like from the like the Western world, and you might like it might be a struggle to get like a glass of water or something. You know, like <laughs> it's it's not you know. And I feel like maybe this is the dichotomy. Like people like this is absolutely unfair. I'm making a very unfair generalization here because, uh, you know, obviously it's <clears throat> it's not so simple and, you know, people are different. But I think in those two examples, you get like a little bit of like what people are getting at when they say that there is a difference between like the Eastern world and how people are in the East. Um, as opposed to, and I, you know what, where I see this a lot is like I see a lot of like, um, so I love travel vloggers on YouTube. And there's so many very good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, whenever I see them uh, in the Eastern world, you know, peep, and especially as a visitor and someone who's a foreigner, they are treated like really, really well. Like they go to a restaurant, the, the, the guy will be like, don't even pay for your food, man. It's fine. You know, like they're, it's, they're very, they're very, um, they're very like, they like to uh, accommodate people. Um, but, uh, but, uh, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can tell you for sure. If you're going to a restaurant in Toronto, <laughs> you're definitely going to pay for your food. No one's going to be like, oh, you're from, you know, X country or Y is it? Oh yeah. It's on me. No, no. They'll be like, yeah, you know, tax plus tip. You know what I mean? That's. Oh yeah. You don't tip. You, you're in big trouble, man. <laughs> you get yelled at. That's so strange. I That's another difference, right? Tipping culture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you just pay the waitresses or waitresses, stewardess, whatever they are, uh, just enough money that they don't have to scrounge off of people. Like that's kind of is a weird spot in that like you're you're at the table, you haven't received much service, but somehow I have to like add yeah. some sort of tip to their income, which is not your response. You're already paying enough tax. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's just you're milking. But you're milking I mean, you. I think there are some people who are like they they don't even want to go out because of the tip the tipping culture maybe they can afford the meal at the restaurant with the price and the taxes but once you like you add like uh 20% 18% uh tip on top of the meal it might be like you'll be like I can't even afford this this is too much especially with like inflation and all the prices increasing so i don't know i think it's 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 a it's a bit of an issue uh and i think there is a bit of a backlash against tipping culture now because of the rise in uh, minimum wage mm-hmm. so now i think like in ontario you, it's actually think it's a little bit more than 15 dollars uh an hour 
right? Yeah, but I don't think that's a good sign. It does, it's not going to solve any problems. It's just going <laughs> to add to the problems, the inflation, and they rack, like, jack up the prices sure. multiple times more. It's true. You know? It's true. And it's 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 still, I would say, it's not a living wage. You know, you, you, you're still going to struggle uh, earning that kind of money. But, uh, again, I think it's like you said, like, the, the onus is shifted onto the customer when it's more like, well, you as the as the restaurant owner, the person who's making all this money, well, maybe you should be paying your uh, staff like enough money that they don't have to be like, yeah, exactly. Know, the audacity, of, like, the audacity yeah. of the manager showing up to your table. Be like, do you, this girl's like 16. She's in school. She's having a hard time making the game and you refuse to pay it. <laughs> I'm like, you are, <laughs> you, are you've got to be <laughs> kidding me oh wow so That's... you got this kid working slaving in your kitchen and working like 24 oh. shifts a day for you and like yeah. you refuse to pay her uh you know yeah, a proper wage a yeah. proper wage and now like i'm the I'm, it's my fault i'm the one responsible <laughs> for this mess it's uh no man it's it's tough it's tough but um i mean uh yeah like it's actually it's refreshing. I think there's one restaurant that I know where like they don't ask for a tip, and it's always like refreshing to me. I'm like, oh well, I mean, I know what I'm, you know, what I'm getting into. Like, I know this is the price on the menu is what I'm paying. And um, can you give some props to the restaurant right now? So <laughs> okay, next so time all I right, so this restaurant, <laughs> it's actually yeah. So it's it's called uh, it's called um, oh my god, now I'm blanking on the name. I was blank on the name. Um, Kabul Express. Kabul Express, Kabul Afghan Express. place, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah like now that reminds me, there's another Afghan place. Um, now I'm blanking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no uh, but no, Bamiyan. Have you heard of that one? Uh, no, I haven't. No, okay. No, Bamiyan. Oh my god, okay. legit uh, Afghan cuisine, and they got great kebabs. Obviously, they eat a lot of meat and lamb, and sure. and also fish. So huge huge portions yeah, yeah and like you pay barely 12 13 bucks no tip on top of that it's that's everything's amazing. covered you got your salad your drink like, it's so generous Yo, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand how they work like the other day i went and i got uh a lamb shank and actually lamb shank not not a cow shank but yeah. a calf shank yeah. a lamb shank okay, right lamb shank. <laughs> just <laughs> trying to stress this <laughs> so that you understand you get a lamb shank from let's say loblaws it's like i don't know 16 bucks 15 bucks yeah. i got that lamb shank which comes with a big huge uh plate of rice and salad some like dressings and obviously to drink yeah. and, and a bread a big pita bread and that was 16 bucks i'm like how could you like yeah. you must be losing money on this because it's not like <laughs> i get the same lamb shank for 15 like unless like Hilarious. they got they make some good deals yeah, with the yeah. like, like suppliers like, and stuff no but, of course yeah yeah like economies of scale um but still that's i think um i think i think you know groceries are too much when you can legitimately eat out and have the food prepared and everything, and it costs as much or maybe less than if you were to buy it in the store, or, you know, in a grocery store and do it yourself. That's when you know, like, wow, groceries are very expensive. But, um, but I mean, that's the thing that I, I noticed is that, like, even when I compare the prices in Toronto now to when I first came 
uh, in at the end of March 2020, I still see like there's a big difference. Like prices have really, really um, increased a lot. So even like back then, I was like, okay, I mean, it's it's not too bad. I it, to be honest, like if I compared like um, groceries to like how how much they cost in Mauritius, the the cost is not dissimilar. It's it's very comparable, but uh, now things are are getting so expensive. Like you go to the grocery store and it's like you spend like a hundred dollars and you're like, what, what, what did I even get for a hundred dollars? You know, it's like, it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge, and um, and on top of that, everything in Canada is so much more expensive in terms of like you know phone, internet, even compared to like other developed countries. Ooh. And it's like so such a such a like. Um, don't get me started. Yeah, I'm just yeah. sore from the taxes. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm scathed. I feel like I'm I'm burning on the taxes. <laughs> it's my first time making legitimate money, yeah. except for when I was back home and I was a tutor. Sure. That was good money for sure, and I was I wasn't paying any taxes for that. Sure. But here I'm like properly making money. I'm being a good citizen. But oh my god, I'm not even a citizen. Sorry, being a good I don't know. How, what what yeah, I could be worker, called good, good worker, yeah. good employee, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. And so this brings brings to my mind the um, other time I went to Niagara, and I had a meal with my friend, and I was just curious. So I asked the waitress if they ever cross that bridge and go to states to do to get some like just to hang out maybe it's nicer on the other side i don't know maybe sure. like it and she told me that we actually go there for groceries because it, it ends up being cheaper i'm like holy <laughs> imagine going to another country just because it's cheaper in terms of groceries I'm, i mean that's pretty crazy but i mean and i'm wondering now with the, with the gas prices how often they cross that bridge to, to fill up their tank and come back because you know <laughs> I mean, um, if you're close enough, then it might make it might make sense. Uh, that's the thing. I, mean, I guess that's the. I was gonna ask, why don't you just move there? But that would have been a too long a conversation. I didn't want to like. <laughs> that's a whole kind of worse. Yeah, put her um, on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's I mean, that's one of the criticisms of Canada is like there are a lot of monopolies, and those monopolies uh, mean that there there isn't enough competition and everything is very expensive as a result so another very good example is uh plane tickets so if you want to even so to travel within canada sometimes is more expensive than flying to another country and this tell can you tell us some stories about the service you get in terms of the oh. food on the flights i mean the <laughs> finest drinks <laughs> finest tap waters <laughs> The, well, the the funny. Well, I mean, this is kind of like similar uh, uh, connected to it, but it basically like the funniest thing is like. Um, so usually, like when you're on a, on a plane, you know, like you have like the flight attendants, and you know they're all like you know young, good-looking people. You know, both the guys. Not, and, not, I don't remember. I mean, but, no, but here, maybe I'm, because I'm, my flight was during COVID, but I'm, I don't remember that scene. I remember I'm, a very different picture. Well, in my I mean, head. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, so a lot of these international airlines, like Emirates, like. Um, I mean, I would say even like the the European uh, airlines, like British Airways, Air France. Most of the people are like pretty young. Oh my god, what was the German one? Um, Lufthansa. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy. <laughs> well, I mean, Guten Tag, people, wherever yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. God bless you. Exactly, and um, 
So uh, one of the things I remember, I, I, I when I first took my flight, uh, my first Air Canada flight, I was like, and like air stewardess was legitimately like a grandmother. Like she was a grandmother. I mean, I'm like, I was like, wow, like this is so different from what my expectation. She shouldn't be working right now. I mean, I she's past, she seemed like past retirement age. Honestly, I was just like. Maybe this is just her her side gig afterwards. Like I, I don't know. It was weird. I was just like, "Wow, this is so different from what I'm used to." And not to say that like, obviously, like it doesn't like there's no age restriction on on good on like being a good flight attendant. Maybe yeah. she's a great flight what attendant. What an ageist! Attendant. Sorry for you. Yeah, kind of. But I mean, it's just well. I mean, well, I mean, look at it this way: if you go to like Hooters, and like the the waitress is like. 65 i mean i think you would feel like uh well this is not exactly what my i was expecting now, this right? feels weird i wouldn't be tipping that lady and her you know <laughs> no yeah yeah that would be weird you might you might you'd, you'd feel you'd feel weird about that yeah but no actually a lot of people a lot of people have told me like um customer service in canada is pretty bad compared to like other countries like I, I know for example a lot of americans have told me that customer service here is much worse than it is in in the u.s so um yeah man i mean so literally uh, i'll give you a very good example i lost my wallet last week and so i had to uh replace my cards so literally uh, and on one of the cards, there were actually some fraudulent uh, transactions. Basically, someone had used my um, my client card, my debit card. Okay. So I was like pretty like freaked out. I was like, so it's not just lost, but someone has has picked it up and is using my 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 cards. So it was a pretty like uh, serious situation, right? Yeah, it's a dodgy one. Yeah. So um, I basically so I had to call the number to get. Uh, the customer service and literally I was waiting for the first day I called I was I waited for three hours and at the end of the three hours I just I didn't even get a, a customer service rep I just had to give up because no one was picking up for three hours and this is like the fraud helpline right like you have yeah. different numbers depending on whatever uh, yeah. the, the issue is this is the fraud center where, you know, you would expect like at least you should get, ser you know, get service in a not just a reasonable amount of time, but let's say on the on the quicker side, because it might be, you know, pretty, pretty important. Like, you know, like who the fuck knows what's going on with your card? Who's using it? Or what are they buying? You know, and I'm like, no, three hours. I didn't even get to talk to anyone. While your bank account is being drained, I know, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's like calling the emergency room, and they don't even pick up. It just takes a while for them to like. Your call is very important to us. You get the I'm machine. dying. You get the I don't machine. care. How, yeah, I'm passing oh, out. Can you please like? Oh, you gotta drive yourself. Sorry. Yeah. No, I I would say, customer service is definitely an area in Canada that should definitely be improved. But again, it goes back to the problem of monopolies. Like a lot of these, like it's the banking sector, right? You have basically the big five banks or something, and there's no one really else. Uh, and and so they know, like, listen, either you, you're going to be with us or you're going to be with one of the others. It's not a big, like, 
there's no incentive to really improve their services because they're probably thinking you're going to switch banks. You're going to get as bad surface with the other bank as us. So it's like, no, you're like, you're just going to stay put. Yeah. We've reached an agreement. <laughs> we'll be so crappy. No one even. Yeah. yeah. It's a, that's one of the, it's things. a scam for sure. And even some of the virtual banks are actually kind of have branched out or, under this overarching bank of like Scotia or whatever. Mm. So they're not a separate entity per se, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's like, um, so for example, um, during the outage, right? Like there was, uh, so for the people who don't know, like there was, uh, um, a day where uh, Rogers' internet and phone didn't work. Shout out to Rogers. <laughs> Shout out to Rogers. <laughs> Funnily enough, I have just, uh, I, I put like a, sta- a status on my Facebook where I basically said like, I'm, I've am i been seduced by the devil, Rogers, and I'm now, I have like all of my services with him now. So if there's another outage, just forget about me. Like I, there's no point trying to get in touch with me because uh, now my phone and my internet is with them. Yeah, you are so, dependent on that one switch that exists in North Pole where <laughs> any time in the day, a penguin might step on and the whole country will shut down again. That's what happened last <laughs> time. This investigation That's came out. That's a great out. summary of like how Rogers functions, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like that's – so it, it's, it's, it's a problem, man. It's a problem, um, but uh, – everything yeah but that's the thing like there's there are no good options everything is so expensive and it's it to the point where like i know like a lot of europeans like because their phone plans are so much cheaper in in like let's say the uk or france when they come to the to canada they keep their sim card and they keep their plan in europe so their data plan still works in Canada. Oh, I know. I have friends who are actually cops who's going to, they're working for companies and they haven't changed their number from France. <laughs> we know our mutual friend Tristan. He, yes, he didn't change yes, his number yes. the whole time yes, he was yeah, here. He was, he, he and didn't. then he eventually he got number. fed up and yeah. moved out and yeah, he went yeah, down yeah, the border. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame the guy, but. Uh, no, but that's, that's, that just tells you, man, like they're paying like God knows how little, like maybe eight, eight euros or 10 euros of uh, uh, a month for like, I don't know, like 20 gigs and you're like, and of course I would do the same thing. I, I, I'm very like, I don't know what the system is over there, but I'm like, if I ever go to the like France or the UK, I might just like pick up a SIM card and a plan and just come back and just use that. You know, yeah. like it's so, it's so damn expensive. Sorry. Um, can I, this outlet is apparently not work. Oh, hold on. Now it's working. Now my laptop's recharging again. Oh, okay, cool. Good, because it was um, warning me we're, we're running out of battery. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. We're back again. Okay. Crisis yeah. averted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. Customer service sucks. Basically, the conclusion is customer service sucks. Social life sucks. We're <laughs> <laughs> just dunking on Yeah. No, so what is it? that? No, but I mean, like, so, no, but it, it's no, like, okay. So I want to be very clear. Uh, I hate people who move to Canada and couldn't just complain about it all the time. I really don't like those people because... Don't hate me, Z. No, no, no. I mean, you're definitely not like that. I mean, I've definitely met people who are like um, always complaining. And I I, I think that... Uh, no, so it's, a, it's important to, to have perspective, right? Like there are a lot of things in Canada that that can and should be improved. But it's still a great country 
Um, and even if you compare it to what's going on in, let's say, uh, the UK, like basically the UK is like sliding right now. It's like sliding into anarchy. Uh, if you've like followed the news, uh, I haven't. What's going on? It's a there's a lot of problems in the UK. I think um, one in five people cannot cover their bills. They don't have enough money to to, to buy groceries. Like it's uh it's like sliding into like not even a third world UK. Country. What's happening? Yeah, man? yeah. Because they've um well of course they 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 left the EU um and uh they're they're having a lot of economic problems based on like you know uh their post pandemic recovery and of course like they just like it's a lot of the politicians man just voting in people who just don't know what they're doing so like if you like for example so if you compare canada to what's going on to in some of the, even like the other developed countries even though like things are not perfect here they're still pretty good you know and um but I mean, I think the greatest thing is just being able to come here and to start a, a new life in another country. You have the opportunity to become a citizen, to become part of this society, and um, and uh, that's great, man. And and the one thing that I have to say, Canada does provide a lot of opportunities, right? Uh, that's why you see so many people moving here. You have you, you have so many people moving here from other developed countries, right? Like France, UK, uh, the U, even like uh, uh, the US. Like uh, there are a lot of opportunities here, you know. Uh, and um, there are also like uh, the lifestyle is pretty good. Like you know, you can um, you know I I would say like you know obviously with the rise in inflation and all that it's, it's become more challenging recently but uh you can you can definitely have like a very good life here if you're earning well and even when you compare what you would be earning in another country you can still you can still like um live very well like so i for example i have a cousin in and in, in scarborough and she's married and she's with her family um and like they're not both both people in the couple are not like very educated um but like they came here and they have their own house they have the last time i, I went there they had two cars one of them was a, a camaro i was like how is this guy it's like a brand new camaro maybe education is, an ex is a scam maybe, maybe they, it they is. screwed Dude, up maybe it is maybe it is and and i was just like wow how are how? so uh he has a camaro she has like a land rover a very nice one. I was just like, wow. I mean, and they have a house. I'm like, how are they? How do they afford all of this? But I mean, um, that's the thing about Canada is that you can you can come here and you can definitely make progress. That's one thing that I, I, I stand by. Like if you are smart with your money and you know how to save and, you know, you're continuing to improve your career uh you can definitely make uh you can have a good life here i i i, I do agree with that uh idea um uh, but um yeah so so there's a lot to be thankful about in canada i have to say and um and i'd say like generally people are pretty nice and pretty friendly like you're not gonna face the kind of a lot of the issues that people face in like the u.s or even in Europe in terms of like systemic racism. That's not to say that it doesn't exist, but uh, I don't think it's as bad as it is in other developed countries. Yeah. True, true. Now, before I uh, 
um continue can you just you're too soft spoken just keep it a little closer okay. to sure yeah that's perfect yeah okay. no yeah i agree it's uh i again i didn't mean to dunk on canada i'm just pointing out areas that need more work so we can all focus yeah, as a exactly, society exactly. to work on them exactly and um But yeah, I was, I don't know if you know, but if you remember, I used to live in Saskatchewan before. So a whole nother What? province. I've never heard two, the, I've no, never yeah, heard the I story. I was there for a school for two years. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. So when I got my admissions, I had a bunch of admissions from Vancouver, from Toronto, and there was Saskatchewan. But the lady who was, you, who were supposed to be, was supposed to be my supervisor in Saskatchewan was this super nice lady who took the time to have, on the first Skype call, she spoke with me for one hour just addressing all my concerns and just trying to con comfort me and be like yeah we we're like a family here um never mind that all was just bullshit and didn't turn out to be true <laughs> <laughs> sorry if you're listening well, but that sucked you know no but everybody else was just asking me for how many papers i'll be publishing and how much how many hours i can put towards my degree and work and you know just very stressful conversations so i felt more welcomed and comforted so i went there i was deceived i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but still it's a different like life experience and i have some um good memories for example i mean i don't know how much you're paying for the rent here but with this market right now and i'm trying to move um in a few months hopefully i'll get my own apartment i wouldn't be sharing anymore but um a one bedroom in midtown area where i am young and eglinton is almost you can't find if you're looking at a condo you can't find anything cheaper than $2300 that's minimum i yeah. mean unless you want to live in a dark hole that mm. you basically can sleep and wake up and move out because there's mm. no way you can yeah, do anything yeah. else i um, used to live in a dark hole basically yeah. in saskatchewan i was living and mind you that's from summer of 2018 to summer of 2020 where i moved to toronto Um, I rented a bedroom. Basically, the whole floor, the third floor of the house was for me. I had it just to myself, the kitchen, everything for $500. And that was that was put up for $550. But I negotiated. I'm like, I'm a new student. The lady was this Chinese <laughs> That's lady. Like, that's not a good enough deal for you. You're like, yeah, oh. she was, no, she was this Chinese lady who yeah. already, she always like, renting to students she knew like yeah, how yeah. kind of tough it might be when you're moving just out of your country when you're new so yeah she agreed for 500 and i was living on a house floor basically i had the whole floor of myself 500 neighbors were cool we had a backyard i mean it's not just toronto so maybe you might want to consider if you're pressed for cash and you don't care for the social life and all the hustle and bustle of a big city you, can, you love the charm of the smaller city maybe a smaller town maybe just not so far away to saskatchewan like i don't know somewhere in niagara if you could like if you're a digital nomad who cares where you are right <laughs> or alberta is a nice province they got beautiful nature and also rent is pretty damn cheap compared to toronto yeah yeah no i i definitely agree with that and uh i think f like really what it comes down to is if you are if you're single or you're married So if you're married, I think like you don't you you don't really care that much about being in a big city and the social life. Like you want to have a social life, but I don't think you are that um it's not a priority for you. Mm -hmm. I think when you're single 
that's a bit more of a challenge and you're more mindful about where you are and what the social scene is like because basically you're like you don't want to be on your own right so you want to and you want to meet people and so i think that um but like so for example if like if i was married or if i was in a long-term relationship i probably would not live like I, I probably definitely would not live in downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. but I might not even live in Toronto. I might I might move to a smaller a smaller city. And of course, there are also a lot of in Ontario. There's a lot of there are a lot of uh, smaller uh, towns uh, on the uh, outside of Toronto. Right. Oh yeah. So uh, like Newmarket and uh, Vaughan and 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 so and so on. So. Um, uh, you don't necessarily have to be in the middle of of the city, but I think that, like, when you are single, um, you are much more. You're gonna put much more of an emphasis on being somewhere where you can meet people and where uh you're not far from like the action, because then you're gonna because if you want to go to an event or if you want to meet people or you want to meet up, um it's uh it's more it's less of a challenge right like it's going to be easier for you um so yeah i mean i don't know what you think of that but i think that's the way i think about it oh yeah sure if uh, especially if i had family that was somehow connected to even regina um it's not the end of the world it's not like totally detached from civilization it's a it's a capital of saskatchewan so it's kind of same size as london ontario sure and it has the i mean I mean, what London, Ontario has that Regina doesn't. No, I mean, basically it, it, on par. I mean. Exactly, and and of course, like, and of, you know, you have to think of it also as like, uh, what can you afford? You know, like, so your lifestyle is going to be so much better because, let's say, you're making the same amount of money, your 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 costs are going to be uh, much lower, and you can afford more for the same amount, right, or even less. So in terms of buying a house or, or getting a car, uh, you know, one of the biggest issues in Ontario that a lot of people have is that like car insurance is so expensive, right? Even oh, if you yeah. Compare Tell it to, me about that. So it's like if, you know, if, if you're paying $400 for car insurance on a monthly basis, that, you know, that That's- alone can stop you from owning a car. And owning a car like is like such a, an advantage, especially if you want to get out of the city you want to travel, so I mean, I I I, I definitely think that like, um, you know, it, it, there are definitely valid alternatives to Toronto. It's just that I think that first of all, like I think for a lot of new immigrants, when they are thinking of where they're going to move and they don't have any like strong family connections, Toronto just ends up becoming the most logical place to move to mm-hmm. because it's a big city. There are jobs here and. Um, that's where kind of like most people who are like English speaking will want to move. Right. As opposed to like if you're French speaking, you probably want to move to Montreal. Um, so uh, because that's the main French speaking city. So I think that's mainly like uh, the things that people think about when they move here. Right. Like those yeah. are the, 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 the big things. But I definitely think like if I was in a relationship, I would be like, let's move somewhere else, you know, like. Oh sure, like it makes no sense to me to pay this extortionate amount of rent and insurance on top of it, and then 
I mean, stuck in traffic all the time and just, it's crazy. It's kind of crawling with homeless people. They haven't done much for them. They're not, yeah, like, they yeah. don't have a plan, obviously, to take care of them. And, um, yeah, and just on a daily basis, this number of populations just increasing. There's this huge influx, never ending. It's coming in. And um, the city's expanding, basically exploding. I don't know how they're going to accommodate this many people. But, yeah, for sure, if I was in a relationship, if I was... If I had a family, I would move away for sure. And actually, I'm thinking about like, uh, you brought up vlogs to travel, um, travel vloggers that travel around the world and vlog wherever they go. Um, so one of my favorite places to always go and visit is Turkey. And oh my God, the reception and the treatment you would get if you were like a digital nomad in Turkey, you can live the highest quality of life over there. And I've been there, man, Istanbul is massive it's a mega city even compared to toronto it's a metropole mm-hmm. all kinds of people it's hustle and bustle you know it's just it's oh my god i'm infatuated i don't know what no, to it's say great. It's no, just, i mean it's great. so many great food great, great food great people great are culture. so friendly like yeah. i said that that it's not that compartmentalized life that people are infused into your life and you get to make friends and hang out with them yeah. of course there's a language bar- barrier but Turkish, in my opinion, some people disagree, but it's not the hardest language to learn. Especially, I mean, maybe it is. I have some a little bit of Turkish background, so not not Turkish, but Azeris, sort of. You know, we have um, Turkish-speaking people in Iran. But yeah, that's what. So you can go there. You can. A lot of people move to South America. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Post COVID, it's it's just. I mean, listen. I mean, I am totally for this whole digital nomad life. I definitely believe it because I I always think like maybe one of the, so I I mean I I touched upon it. I've I've said this uh, before to uh, quite a few people, but I'm I'm uh, looking for like a career change. I don't really enjoy my work that much. Can I know what you do? Oh, I, I'm an accountant. So, uh, and then I know a lot of people who will be like, yeah, of course you don't like your, <laughs> your career because you're an accountant, you know, no, who, uh, what, what accountant like uh, enjoys their work, but no, but I mean, for me, it's like something that I have, uh, I'm really like looking into very seriously now, but I always, I, I also think to myself, well, you know, maybe it's also about, um, your environment, you know, like, are you happy where you are? um are are you tired of where you are like you know is it normal to live in one place for such a long time and i think that's the 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 best thing about being a digital nomad is let's say you have a stable career and you have the ability to work remotely that if you can just change your environment every so often maybe that's going to make you a lot happier as a person because you're experiencing new things so your job is stable and you you know it's it's pretty like it can even be monotonous maybe but you're because you're moving around you're experiencing new 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 countries new cultures you're you're that's like enough of a change for you that you're happy that you can that 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 enables you to be productive and to stay in the same job um uh, so and especially like uh you know there a lot of people are notice this about millennials is that like this generation uh of people like they don't really like to stay in one job or do one thing for very long short attention span yeah yeah but, yeah but also like you know i mean like i think previous generations were like forced to 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 be 
uh, in a in the same situation for financial reasons for uh, any number of reasons also because back then they were also getting good jobs where like you know you didn't even need to be that well educated you could like finish high school and you know the baby boomer generation were like that you finish high school you don't even need to do a degree you just go and you're getting a really good job uh, that you uh, a permanent job that you can have for the rest of your life whereas with uh, the millennial generation and the generation that comes after it's much it's been much more of a struggle to get a good job good paying job permanent job so a lot of people are like well if it's tough to do that then maybe you know like we should be more flexible about what we're doing so i think that uh in that sense like being a digital nomad is great i'm so for it you know if you can get a job where you, which allows you to travel uh and and to do that like you should definitely at least give it a shot if that's something that interests you um yeah that's true so i uh, so that the question is if you were a digital nomad where uh where would you be let's say i i guess turkey would definitely be one of the turkey my own country if they allowed me to work from there and um brazil is the place i i always wanted to visit always i'm just so intrigued by their culture and their warmth and you know yeah everything good about them sure um yeah, but you alluded before we move on to that to where you want to live. You alluded to a great point, which right. is, yeah, before it's not attention deficit. It's before I mean the world industrial revolution required people to work eight hours a day, and that was a monotonous, mindless job that you had to just screw this, you know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. This this I don't know screwdriver. You have to work with your hands, and it doesn't require much creative thinking. That's true. So it's just a monotonous thing. You can always do it's labor eight hours a day. Probably no problems. Probably a good workout. I don't know. It's there. There's a little bit of wear and tear, but yeah. um, you can adjust. I mean, you're a young person. You got a good diet. You're not sure. eating McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now things have changed, and for creative work, like um, probably you can like label accounting as creative work as well. Sometimes you need to, like you're working, you're, you're, you're thinking all the time. You're sure, crunching sure. numbers, right? Yeah. So I don't think that's this eight hour day, like nine to five model um, is responsive anymore. It's not, it's not efficient anymore. It's, I think this model needs to change. It's not just the nature, nature of the job. Like we need to respect people and their creative nature and be like, yeah, you'd, creative work how what like how like this creative marathon is this um the longest stretch of creativity one can have like to be in the state of flow and work how long is it it's probably depending on the person it's different per from one guy to the next but just we need a lot more flexibility in those terms you can't expect the person to just like you know power through those eight hours and obviously at the end of it you're so tired you don't have any energy left to do anything else besides just lay on your bed and check your instagram that's that's very very like um that's so true you know it's uh exhausting it's draining and enervating i don't know what to call it it's no i completely completely agree with you on that because yeah, I, these, yeah. These, it's it's not so much sometimes not the job like if i you know how people say if you turn your your interest your your passion into a money making uh like job or endeavor it kind of loses that interest like kind of repulses you a little bit because mm -hmm. now it's 
sort of an assignment, something you it's, have to do. It's a I job, don't think yeah. that's true unless yeah. you force yourself to be doing it 24 hours a day. You're not, we're not, we're humans. We're not built like that. We wasn't, we weren't used to like hunt 24 seven. We always we hunted. We, we took a break and we, we hung out, we eat our meat yeah. and then, yeah. It's, it's very, very true. It's a, like a very, very good point. And that is like, I think, as you said, like the world hasn't adapted to uh, the change in like and in in skills and, and the, the way that we function now in terms of the work, the nature of the work. Like you said, it's like it's creative now. You're using your mind a lot more. So does this nine to five model make sense? And I would say that it doesn't make sense. And I actually the one thing I do like is like the companies that are like. Basically, you don't have fixed hours. You just work as long as much as as you want each day, and then as long as the work is getting done and the like, you know your your the work is uh is done to satisfaction and on time. Like they're not like um they're not like you know over your shoulder looking at what you're doing or how many hours did you put in today. I think that that's probably more like what I'm I personally am looking for and what I think a lot of people are looking for but it's um it's no I, I think that's such a great point and I I don't know like I think with the pandemic um it at least like a lot of companies changed the mindset a little bit because they were like well um you know what are we going to do like it's a pandemic no one can go into the office so people started working remotely and then when they saw how productive people were when they were working remotely, a lot of them were like, oh, this is, you know, we've been like, you know, creating all of these big, uh, you know, building all these big office uh, buildings and and trying to make office space for everyone to make sure that everyone is there so that we can see them working. But actually, if we give them a little bit of flexibility uh, to work uh, from home, they can be uh, as productive or more productive and we don't by giving them more uh freedom they're actually responding to that positively um but like unfortunately the thing that i've also re re uh, realized is that now that we're kind of going now that the, pa the pandemic is subsiding i'm actually seeing a lot of job postings where they want the person back in the office and that's where i feel like you know like well all of a sudden like now these companies really haven't learned their lessons or like they're forgetting the lessons that they learned now they want these like everyone to be back in the office and it's not even like i so i mean you know like i i, I check what the job postings are, are like and stuff and uh, a lot of these jobs are not even saying that it's like for uh, a few days like not even a hybrid model of like you work a few days at home or a few days at the office nope you got to be in the office uh, five days a week, which is what I'm doing now. I'm basically in the office every day. Well, sorry, but yeah. your bosses are stupid. I'm yeah, sorry, no, the managers are stupid. It's just not. This is the. You're not treating a human um, respectfully, yeah. and there's a price for that. I mean, it's not conducive to your own longevity when the person realizes that there's uh, another company doing the same thing, probably the thing that they love, allowing them all this flexibility, and they obviously move away. You of lose talents. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's true. It's Good true. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, um, the more flexibility, the the better. And uh, 
um again like i i really i I really do like this digital model uh digital nomad model but um again like i don't know how many companies like i i guess most people who are digital nomads are kind of working for themselves a lot of them so they're either working as like consultants or or they're like um they're working on assignments and stuff Mm -hmm. uh on contracts or something like that I don't know how many companies would allow a permanent employee to relocate somewhere else and work for the company. Um, and if anyone knows any of those companies, please let me know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there are a lot of software companies, especially post-pandemic, that are posting jobs all around the world. Not just so. Even my company, we have uh, people who are working straight from Europe. Oh, okay. So there's a whole other time zone. And... Obviously, we have people all around Canada. Canada is huge, so yeah, in different times. So true. no one cares really, as long as you get the job done. And so I don't know. Is there a barrier to the thing that you're doing? Is there what's the holdback that they don't allow? They don't let people. I I really don't lives? know. I really don't know because like in accounting, really nowadays you don't. Everything is online, and you know you you can access everything through a VPN nowadays. Um. And and so I don't know what the the mental block is with accounting specifically because we have the all the tools and all of the um, the software to to allow people to work uh, from home. But it's uh, I think it's just the mindset. I think the mindset is very in accounting. It's a little bit traditional, and they're they're more like they're more um, they're less. Uh, receptive to big changes. I think like software is like that is an industry and a field where people are always like trying to innovate and trying to like improve things and and so they're always kind of more forward looking. Whereas in accounting, I think it's more like conservative. Um, but you know, I mean, uh, I hope I hope that uh, there are more um, companies that go this model. I know that the big four mo- uh, firms, like the big uh, four, like EY and KPMG and so on, they have uh, introduced much more flexible uh, flexible hours and and other things. But um, yeah, it, it's I think it's in in our industry, it's going to be a little harder for companies to catch up because of the way thing the the way people think you know yeah um yeah sure where do you think you go if you were a digital nomad and by the way keep it a little closer so we can hear you <laughs> sure. um you know what like mauritius is actually a great place for digital nomads i bet it is like listen it's Hold like, on, what's the language in Mar- what's the official language you need to speak before we move so the official language in Mauritius is actually English. And again, like, there you so, go. I told you. Just... No, 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 no. Cause he, this is where it gets, it gets interesting and complicated. So Mauritius has a very weird relationship with languages. So what do I mean by that? English is the official language, right? But most Mauritians cannot speak English fluently. And not only that, they are more fluent in French. So the reason why is uh, because Mauritius was colonized by the British and the French. So the French first and then the British afterwards. Uh, when the British took uh, control of Mauritius, 
there were a lot of French people. Mm. And they allowed the French to keep their language and their culture and their customs. So uh, French uh, kept being a, like a very important language and kind of like the language of business and, and, and so on. So English became the language of love. <laughs> I don't think English is ever the language of love. No, uh, English was became no English became like the official language, the language of like uh, Parliament. Oh yeah. Um. It, so like when you went to school, you would study in English. Okay. And you would write all your exams in English. Mm -hmm. So it became more like the academic, uh, political, um, medium. Uh, whereas like the language of media of like um, TV, uh, the newspaper, um, you know, um, uh, the office meetings would be French. Wow, there must be smart people. People who learned like at least bilingual or yeah, yeah. I mean, well, to be smarter. But then that's that's where it became kind of like where you have a lot of differences. So in terms of like each person could have a varying degree uh, of a varying level in each language. So in Mauritius, you have some people who are, they can speak English and French, but they're better in one language than the other. Some are better in English. Some mm. are better in French. And a lot of, actually the majority of, of Mauritians are, may not be able to speak either English or French because we have our own lo uh, local language called uh, Mauritian Creole. So Creole is like a dialect of French. Okay. So actually, so if you were, let's say you were on the street, the man on the street is probably someone who would not be able to speak English or French. They might be able to understand, but they wouldn't be able to speak and they would only be able to speak Creole. So it really depends on like the person's level of education uh, and uh, in terms of which language they speak or which language they understand. So it's it's not like a situation where like uh, people are are everyone is perfectly bilingual. Um, it's a bit more complicated than that, but um, but that's also why a lot of Mauritians are coming to Canada now because uh, you know obviously if you're bilingual you it's it's it becomes a lot easier for you to to move to Canada because they're looking for bilingual people people who speak English and French. But like yeah, I mean uh, Mauritius is I think a great place to move to as a digital nomad. You've got like the beach, you've got the mountains. Um, it's a pretty, like, it's becoming quite developed in terms of its infrastructure as well. And like now we have like um, uh, a, a metro, like light rail system and stuff. And um, the only thing it cannot about. cannot be worse than Toronto. <laughs> Trust me. And well, defense, yeah, I mean. Never took the, never got on a subway and experienced no delay. Yeah, I mean. I mean, well, the, the, it's the, like they're operating twelve <laughs> fleets of airlines. At this, it's like they have two trains, yeah, and they're not on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean that, I mean Toronto. I mean, again, no disrespect to Torontonians. I'm just saying TTC no, needs some improvement. No, no, not at all. I think most Torontonians would definitely agree with you that like the the transit could be much better improved. Uh, the fact that you only have two lines in a city the size of Toronto is very strange. Like if you ch if you check like the subway map of like London or New York and you compare it to like Toronto, you're like, what happened here? Like why is it why there's so many more lines than there are in in Toronto? Um, 
I mean, like the people will counter as now they're definitely creating more lines and it, it's improving. Like it's taking a while, though. It's taking forever. It's taking forever. But uh, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's at least going in the right direction. I'd say. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it's not just a scam to like <laughs> some people to like fill up their bags. Yeah. Anyway, back to happy things. Mauritius, no, I mean, yeah. Tell so, me about the like. No, mountains. it's it's great. It's great. Uh, the only thing. The only problem with Mauritius would be uh, the time zone. So if you let's say you're you're working in you're working for let's say a Canadian firm, um, Mauritius is way way back. Uh, so I think right now it's like seven hours. Okay. Um, there's a seven hour difference, I think. So that's a big time difference. So. I, I think that would be a little difficult to... So basically, you would have to start somewhere around 3 p.m. Yeah. Or there to be on the same time. But sometimes you don't need to be on the same time, honestly. Yeah, that's true. That's for true. For a meeting, maybe you have to be there. But other than that... Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if that's not a... Uh, if the time difference is not an issue, then that's great. Um, the only... And the other thing is that it's, it's just... It's far. I think if you... If you want to um, um, travel... You know, and I guess one of the the the, the things you I guess you would want to do if you're a uh, digital nomad is like travel to other countries when you can. Then Mauritius is a little bit far to as your base of operations, basically, as like home base. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, like um, I would love like maybe maybe a Caribbean country. You know, like because uh, you're you're not you're you're not gonna have that problem really with like time difference and. The weather is good all year round on the island. Um, so yeah, I would probably pick a like a Caribbean country. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's enticing idea, man. Imagine you're a digital nomad; you could go anywhere. Dude, I I remember I got like an offer to work in the Cayman and the currency, like the <laughs> rate of exchange. Yeah, of that's course. Such yeah, a yeah, you yeah. know, burden off your shoulder. It's such a relief that you don't have to worry about for money sure that much. For sure, for sure. And um, I remember I got an, an a job offer in the Cayman Islands. And I was like, holy shit, like, uh, I was really tempted. But the thing is, like, you know, I have, I got to be in Canada for a, for a few years uh, more. You know, I can't really move. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally believe in that, uh, the way, that, that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll do that sometime. Yeah. Uh, okay, man, we've almost... Done 90 minutes. It's a full football match. Okay, that's great. Yeah. That is great. You think we should wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, unless I really can... enjoyed, by the way, like catching up. So no, for it's sure. It's been a while. For sure. And yeah. I hadn't seen you for, I don't know, however many months you were traveling. You got robbed. You got, <laughs> <laughs> you a, lot shit, over. a lot of, you a lot of shit happened in the, in, like, in the middle, yes. Yeah. Um, Just for a good practice, what's your, do you care to give your like social media? Oh, sure. Um, so my stories. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm uh, uh, on Instagram. I am uh, Zorojo86. So that's Z-O-R-O. JJO uh, 86 um, and yeah um, yeah if this okay. uh, if this makes it to air like uh, yeah definitely uh, uh, hit me up uh, hopefully 
Yeah. It will. It will. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks, man. No worries.